Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Today, I am so honored and excited and um, really appreciative of connecting with Genevieve Paturo. Um, Genevieve, how are you today? I'm great, Nelly. I'm excited to, to share and to, and to hear more about your project and how we're similar. <laughs> oh, Genevieve, thank you so much for joining today. Um, we've got lots to talk about, so I'm just going to dive, you know, dive right in. So I'm going to let you know a little bit more about um, Genevieve. Genevieve is all about purpose, which is why I invited her to come today, and I'm so grateful that she agreed to come on. Um, we're going to talk about purpose, passion, and pajamas, how to transform your life, embrace the human connection, and lead with meaning, which is what this show is all about. That's why I created the podcast. Now, Genevieve is a successful television marketing executive until she dramatically changed the direction of her life. She found her true purpose when a sudden inner voice challenged her life as she knew it. So today she's going to talk about how in 2001, she founded the hugely successful national nonprofit pajama program. And I just can't wait to share with you um, in her own words about this project. Um, I watched her TED talk the other day and it just hit me. It was just this connection and it made me feel just human, you know? So I thank you so much, Genevieve, and I welcome you again. Yeah, hi. Thank you, I'm excited. <laughs> me too. So, I know that in 2001, you started this program, and before that, you were doing something completely different. How did this start? Like, I know it's a big story, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convey to people that it all starts with an idea, and no idea is too small, and you just never know where it's going to lead and what kind of impact you're going to have, and your impact is huge, and it's amazing, and I'm so proud of you, and yeah, how did this all start? Well, you know, it, I can't believe how fast time goes by. And it was, I was 13 years into a corporate job. And when I went to, to college, I wanted to get a job. You know, nobody ever said the word purpose. Nobody asked me about my purpose. I didn't read about, you need to find your purpose before you set on your career path. That wasn't part of the, the equation. So I wanted a good job. And I got a good job. You know, then 
it was a corporate job and it seemed like it could be forever. And I loved it. It was in New York City where I wanted to be. And it was in the TV business where I wanted to be. And I was climbing the corporate ladder, what I wanted to do. And I had colleagues and, you know, full life, you know, workaholic, but I was single again, where I wanted to be. And everything seemed to be going along fine. And I really did like it. You know, I, I would never say I didn't. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. But what happened was when I was alone in my apartment one afternoon, which was rare because it was a crazy, busy you know, job and kept me busy even on the weekends, I heard a voice in me and it came from you know, here. My, I'm, I'm holding my heart because I know now it was my hard voice. It wasn't that chatter in my head. But it asked me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And Nelia, it startled me because first I heard a voice, you know, and then I knew the answer so fast. And it was just like, I wasn't even me. It was like, I was watching somebody else, me answer. No, you know, the rest of your life working like this and making money and making other people money and buying nice things. And okay, does it go any deeper than that? What is it? What are you left with? And all of that rushed to me. And I knew the answer was no, it's not enough. And first I thought that was, I mean, the whole thing turned me upside down, as you can imagine, because I thought I was going along just fine. So I realized that my Italian, very traditional parents really expected me and my brothers and sisters, I was the oldest of four, to get a good college education. My father came from Italy for that reason, to give his kids an education and also to have a family. Mm. But that wasn't my, my dream. My dream was to get a great corporate job. So I realized it might be a little crazy to, you know, find a guy, get married, have kids at my age at that point. But I knew that there were other ways to bring children into my life, which is what I realized I wanted. So I went to read in shelters and there, there's a whole bunch more that goes along to how I got to those shelters. But suffice it to say, when I went with books to read at night, they brought the children in and I connected like I'd never connected with any other human, big or small. I had nephews and a niece and I felt that connection, but these little ones, the way that they looked afraid and lonely, this was an emergency shelter where the police and the social workers brought children in who had been, let's say, not in a safe place with those who were supposed to care for them. And I could tell that they had been through some trauma, though I didn't know the details. And they were quiet. And some of them were crying. Soiled clothes or clothes that didn't fit. And they were being processed, waiting for paperwork and judges to make decisions. It was I still hate to think of the word process when I think of what was going on at that time with the kids. But I had them for an hour or so reading quietly, reading storybooks. And they were, they were just watching me and I felt like they were safe. I felt like I could keep them safe for that hour and keep their mind off things. And week after week, I went in and different kids, different shelters, but the same thing, I felt that connection. I really felt like I was holding them in a big hug, reading to them just for an hour to give them that, that respite from the worry. And one followed the staff where they were taking the children to sleep. And it was a room that was very bare, like the one I had been in with them. And 
and I saw them sleeping in their clothes and some of them were huddled together on you know small surfaces like a futon or a couch or a cot and I had these images of my mom like a movie playing of bedtime with my mom and it was so wonderful which I hadn't thought about in like 35 36 years right she's sitting at my bed and reading me stories and my sister too and my brothers in the other room we all had that our mom there pajamas we had our pick of a few and that was that was missing that's what I saw was missing and I asked if I could bring some pajamas the next week and the staff thought it was lovely. They said, nobody thinks of pajamas. That'd be great. And I brought pajamas to them. And I was really excited because I thought, you know, this was going to be a fun evening. And I gave the books out and I started giving the pajamas out. And, and again, they were just somber. They took the pajamas, except for one little girl. She was really afraid, afraid to take them, afraid to get too close to me. And she just kept shaking her head. She didn't want them. No, no. And it took a while. She watched me give them to the other kids. And when she was the only one left standing there with a staff person, I tried one more time and I knelt down. Shoulder and how soft they were. And I asked her to touch them, see how soft they were. She could wear them, she could keep them. She asked me, what are pajamas? What are these? And Nellie, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe I had heard those words, I actually looked at the staff person with a, a quizzical look, like, did she say, what are pajamas? And the staff person nodded and she mouthed to me, she doesn't know what they are. And this is America. Oh my goodness. I mean, it never, mm. I mean, I, we, my, my mom stayed home. We didn't have a lot of money, but this was a totally different world of, of not having enough. Mm. And to her, as calmly as I could without crying. I didn't want her to see I was upset what pajamas are. And as the words were coming out of, out of my mouth, telling her you wear these to sleep, you change, they're so soft. And I, I couldn't believe I was explaining. And finally she took them. And when they put them on, she, she looked around for me and she gave me the smile because they were so soft and they fit her and they looked so beautiful on her. And that was it. I needed to find all of the little girls and boys like her and give them pajamas. And that was just you know, it was a, a little idea, but that's what was in my heart. <sighs> what a beautiful story. Like, and just for you to think, to read to them, like, this is how this started. And it's just incredible, you know, the acts of kindness, how far they can go. And, and you know, now you've delivered over, is it 7 million pajamas? Yeah, 7 million plus new pajamas, new books to these children around the U.S. We have 63 chapters around the U.S. and we celebrated 20 years, um, a little more than a year ago. So we're, we're going, and then I had two years of, you know, just doing this myself like a crazy woman before we got our 501c3. So, you know, it, it's, it's about 22, 23 years since that first day I brought pajamas. But like you and your ukulele project, you don't know where this inspiration comes from sometimes, but it's, a niche, right? It's a new idea. And it, as tiny as it is, the ripple effect is extraordinary. Mm. And, and I, I just hope people know that because I didn't know, there were so many times I said, am I really doing anything good? I mean, what am I doing? I'm not building them a, a forever home. I'm not promising to feed them. I'm not taking them to live with me. But I have learned that responsible for what we can do and to contribute to that line of giving 
for those who need you know our support and if everybody takes a piece there'd be so much more fulfillment in in their lives and ours you're definitely a new mentor to me that I've just connected yeah. with because I think you're just amazing. And, you know, it's pajamas, but it's not pajamas. It's, it's what it means, right? So when I think of a child um, being afraid and feeling alone and not having somebody to look up to, and then here comes, you know, here you come in just with even the attention and the caring and the body language and stuff that they're not used to. Um, the pajamas are a bonus to that. Like, it's more about, like you said, the human connection. And, you know, how does that change a child's life? Like, it's limitless. You know, it can change the direction of their future in so many ways. They can learn to become more empathetic. They can learn to become more compassionate, more giving, uh, more trusting. Because I'm sure a lot of these children perhaps had, you know, trouble with trusting adults and trusting women, especially if, if they had troubles with their mothers or, and so I want people to realize it, there's no end to, to these things. It's just. You're right. And you know about your ukulele, I'm sure you know, but you will see over the years, like I did exactly what you're saying. I knew instinctively, but not until I looked back that what I saw in that picture in my mind as I saw the children sleeping in their clothes was the love and the comfort and the security and the bonding my mom was giving us, not just sweet, comfortable nightwear. And I saw that more and more over these 20 some years. And music is just, it goes to your soul. It changes your, your energy frequency in your body. It changes how you feel. It touches a place that, you know, nothing else touches like music. And it's so it's so special and so um, unique. And you know, I, I hope you know how deep that goes. And if you don't, or you if you have, you've only scratched the surface because you will see the healing that music healing component that music has, and you are bringing that piece, which they probably don't have a lot of that musical healing. Thank you. This interview is not about me, though. I <laughs> But well, I, I appreciate it helps. I, I really it helps Nelia, for us to share our yeah. experiences. And yours is such a unique program. <laughs> and it's just it's beautiful. So uh, I I'd love to hear more about it. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to learning so much from you, honestly, um, and, and have guidance. But for me, you know, the whole music thing was I couldn't help them with. Um, giving them, like you said, building them a house, you know, because of my financial situation. I couldn't help uh, with their medical needs because I'm not a physician, um, but I could help them forget they were hungry and they were tired and give them fun and make them feel something different, you know, and, and music is very healing to me. And so many beautiful things already have rippled from it. And that's what I want people to understand. So, you know, when I heard about what you were doing and the amount of years and the impact that you were doing it, I just, I was so in awe and I'm trying to think of how many people you have inspired, not just, so it's not just the kids getting the pajamas, it's the people that 
are bringing the trucks and the people that are, you know, that are volunteering and that they're coming home and having conversations at the dinner table about, hey, I, I learned of this project that gives pajamas or I learned about this ukulele project or whatever it is. Um, it just continues the conversation, you know, and as, as parents, um, like for me, as a mom, I, I then see it affecting my child, or I then see it affecting my community and my family. And um, I'm very lucky to have a, a son who understands about, about giving, um, and who has taught me more than anything. But then it's coming home from, you know, wherever you're doing the work and having these conversations with the community and more and more people. I just think that if each one of us could find something that we're passionate about, because if you don't, if it's not something you really care about, you're not going to continue doing it, the work. You're right. You're right. And, you know, I want to I say something because if you haven't already heard it, you will. Even before I started Pajama Program, climbing the corporate ladder, you know, I always heard about people doing extraordinary things in history, you know, Thomas Edison and um, Gandhi and, you know, more, more uh, recent times, people like Oprah and Bill Gates and people who, who having, you need is one person, one idea. And then when I started Pajama Program and it was growing, people said to me, you know, oh, look, you're a power of one. But it's not, I've learned, it's not, Melia and anybody listening, it's not the power of one that changes things. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And that's the human connection. That's what it's all about. That's what makes, uh, makes change. Mm. I love that so much. And it's just, yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, if each one of us can find something that really means something to us, and it could be quilting, it could be anything at all. There are so many women, for example, who are looking for, um, you know, small business loans in, in some of these third world countries. And just, they wanna have people with skills come over and teach them something. So even if it's, it's something as simple and beautiful as quilting, you know, to making a project out of that and affecting, and then the women, they will, they'll feel empowered. It's not just about making money with the quilts to, for example, take care of their family and their community and change their children's generation, but the, the sense of empowerment and love that they'll start to feel for themselves is something that, you know, it, it can be done with anything. And I really want people to realize that. And your project started with such a simple idea, but it's just become this incredible movement, right? And it's just, I, I'm wondering how, you know, that little girl is doing now. Like, I just, how it's changed her, that one connection with you. I know. Um, I don't know because it was such a fluid population, but there is, there are a couple that um, I do know how they're doing. And um, one little girl, she was two and I met her and brought her pajamas. And I actually have a picture of her at two holding up her pajamas. And then over the years, we stayed in touch and she came to our reading center, she was getting older. And then when we celebrated our 15th anniversary, um, she came because she was 17 and she oh, was wow. college and she spoke and everybody was oh. on their feet because she talked about the love that she felt when she came to our reading center and how she grew a love for reading because of those quiet times she read with our volunteers when she visited. 
and she's going to college and it, and some of our board members had started this scholarship fund for her. I mean, it was just this. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. Our program had together between board members and volunteers and donors and her and the other kids that she lived in this group home with. And then um, a woman, you know, took her in as a foster child. I mean, it was just talk about the ripple effect. It was just beautiful. And, and she stands there, and I can see the picture in my mind, standing there, this lovely, lovely poised young lady and looking at on the big screen behind her, her two-year-old self holding the pajamas was just extraordinary. I mean, God could have said, come to heaven now. And I would have been, I'm done. I'm good. I can come up there now, please. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want this feeling forever to see this young lady prosper. Um, and it was just, it was just so nice. You know, I felt like I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I did. I touched one, one girl. I'm good. <laughs> Oh, I love that so much because I think as we get older, like I know for, this is true for me, I realize how much my life isn't about me. It's just about, you know, what can I do? What gifts do I have to recognize those gifts and be able to share them with other people that will then help them in their pain and their struggles? And, you know, and I just think it's, um, I'm very grateful to have learned that, you know, what do you, what is your advice for someone who, um has an idea how to take that from reading at the center to getting the pajamas to helping it grow um you know sometimes um people have trouble around asking for money and fundraising and mm -hmm. when you, for me the only thing i can think of to say about that is so i used to have an issue with that and mm -hmm. then i'm like this isn't about me at all like if i remember why i'm asking then I have that courage to ask, you know, if you remember why you're doing it, then nothing, nothing will stop you, you know, but what advice do you have for somebody who's thinking of a new project that wants to kind of get some more um, awareness around it? Right. Well, I always had and always do have a problem. I don't say a problem, but um, nervous about asking people for money. I mean, and, and I always said, and I believe it, I hope if you say no to me, you're giving somewhere mm. because it's, it's okay. Not everybody has to get what I'm talking about or what I feel. Not everybody has to feel it, but just please let, I hope you are giving somewhere because that will change the world and it's okay if it's not me. Um, I think a couple of things. First, if you don't have to do it alone, don't. If you have a group and together, whether it's your board or just some friends, whatever it is at the beginning, and you put together together a plan for how much you need and why. What's it going to do? What's $1,000 going to do? What's $10,000 going to do? And you really together emotionally, which is the component that has to be shared, right? You all have to be in. You all have to be excited. You all have to feel that your heart beating. You all have to want it you know, desire it to your core, who you want to help, what the money is going to do, and what, what, how you can talk to people about it and be on the same page if there are five of you, then you have that support and you don't feel like you're going in naked by yourself, you know, to ask somebody and, and you're standing there, you know, with no coat on a zero degree day, 
No, because that's how I used to say, I feel like I'm freezing by myself alone here. I'm so afraid to ask. But once you get a group of people who agree on a project and a timeline, there's energy in there. And then there's support and there's people rally, rally for each other. And you don't have to even go to a meeting alone. You can have somebody with you. So the first thing is, if you can get one or two people to support and help you write the plan, then you feel like your plan, your plan's legit. I used to write plans all the time by myself, pen and paper. And I used to make them. I said, who the heck cares? I'm saying this is my five-year plan. But I would doubt myself because is it realistic? I'm not a, an accountant. I'm not an attorney. Is this crazy? But once I started to get the advice of people who knew more than me, knew more than I did, then they said, no, that's okay. Or, you know, maybe tweak this. Then I felt like it was a legitimate timeline that I could show people. Nobody would laugh at me. So getting other people to help support you is key. And then also, it's all about your emotion. It's about the stories. Tell them why. The way you told me before we went on today about why you started with the ukuleles and how the stories grew and how the person in Guatemala now wants to take some of these kids farther. I mean, that's what inspires people to say, wow, this is something I can contribute to the growth of. This isn't something that's just one lady's idea that's just going to happen one day and that's it. There are links to this. This is changing somebody's life. I can help this. And that, those stories are what people embrace. That's what they feel. That connects us heart to heart. You know, I know it's important to see outcomes and numbers and budgets, but that's not what makes people give. It's really not. It's what makes their accountant say, yeah, okay, you can give the big number. But when they start, let them start with a little bit. Let them start with what connects them to you heart to heart. That's, that's going to last forever. I love that. Thank you. And, you know, we're just talking about money, but there's so many other ways that people can give too. You know, oh, yeah. they can give their time, their support, their encouragement. There are so many things. And one of the biggest gifts and ways that people have helped me is just spreading the word because that is huge. You know, if somebody is excited about something that I'm doing, it also, it makes me feel, okay, you know, this, this, I'm not just dreaming. This can be a thing, you know? And yeah. I think when you surround, uh, you're like you said, it's not, it's one another, right? It's not alone. And it's when you surround yourself with people um, like that have the same, um, the same thoughts as you and the same um, feeling of wanting to give, it just, it, it helps you really believe that it can go much further and therefore it does, right? So one of the things I've always talked about on the show um, is ending loneliness, because um, for me, that's huge. And um, if you, you know, if people feel alone, I don't feel that there's any way forward, you know, what we're giving through all the projects, like through your pajama project or anybody who's doing a project out there, it's essentially hope, right? Mm -hmm. And a feeling of, you know, somebody thinks you're special. Somebody loves you. Somebody believes that you're not just, you know, um, that we're not, you're not being ignored. And I think that's huge. Whether you're a child or whether you're an adult, uh, when you feel ignored and you feel like you don't have a voice, it's it's just awful. Yeah. It's awful. And you just, your sense of self just is terrible. And 
I, I know this personally and I just, it's sad, you know, but no one's coming to save you. You know, I say that all the time. Um, you have to want things to be different and then you surround yourself with others because you can't do it alone. And mm -hmm. so I love that, you know, it's taken a team to help you because, and thank you for sharing that with us because, um, yeah, but at the same time, like you said, the power of one, you know, is, is important, but the power of one another, like it's, I don't know. That's how so, what you've done. Yeah. Sometimes I think of, you know, there's so many negative things going on in the world today and things that are dividing people. Um, but it's conversations like this that make me feel um, inspired, that make me feel the humanity in the world, you know, and there's still so much good. And I think if we highlight a light on that, um, I think that's what we need to do. Yeah. Every time I, you know, I get see something <clears throat> over the past two years, you know, I've gotten better at this from day one to now is whenever I hear something, uh, you know, that isn't going well or something that's happening or something somebody said, I, I've learned, gotten better at this anyway, switch, switch and say, okay, this is what I can do. And even if I just stop and I text or I call a friend to say, you know, just wanted to say hi, take a break from crazy you know, work, I'm working like, you know, so hard. And I just want to say, hi, and I love you. That is amazing. That switch, you can switch. And if you connect with somebody that you love, um, not to discuss the news, not to discuss what's going on, not even to discuss health, but just to discuss, you know, I was just, I was laughing the other day, uh, my girlfriend and I, when we were, I guess, 14, whatever, we used to sing to a Neil Sadaka song together all the time. She's moved away then. Well, I heard it on the radio in the car and I went, you know, I always scream when I hear it and I taped it on my phone and I, I messaged her on Facebook and it was just the, the words of the song. And not only did I feel like I went from here to here, but she did too, because she messaged me right back. Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You remember that? It was just, it changed everything. It changed how I felt. It changed my energy, it changed her energy. And it just is reaching out and touching somebody in a totally unrelated way of what you're brought you down. And it just brings you back up 10 times higher. I love that. You know, I know you've got two books out, correct? No one. The one, what? sorry. Can you um, tell us a little bit what the book is about? Like it talks about the project, but can you tell us about the heart, like the connection part and just, you know, what would, so, cause I can't wait to read it. Like, honestly, I'm going to like get it as soon as we finish talking, but I just, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what's in the book. Sure. It's called purpose, passion, and pajamas. And I love that word. And, and I, you know, I use it because it's just a fun word and you don't hear it all the time. And I suggest that for you with ukulele, that is a fun word. And, you know, <laughs> It's just, it makes people smile, see? Um, <laughs> and, and I like when people tell me, you know, oh, pajamas is such a fun word, and it is. But it's, um, you know, it's like, exactly like you said, it, it's much deeper than just the materials. So that's why the subheading is um, how to transform your life, embrace the human connection, and lead with meaning. It's the life lessons I learned in these 20 years of the highs and the lows. And it's a real honest book of the my life before, and then quickly how that, how pajama program started step-by-step step from that aha moment of, is this, if this is the next 30 years, if, is this enough? And it's, it's 
both the, the lows and of course, you know, we have them, we have our doubts. Um, I had a lot of financial woes. I got myself into trouble because I just had to buy, I had to buy those pajamas. I couldn't say no. Um, I so much money on credit cards at the same time, met a great guy right at the start. You know, I didn't tell him what I was doing. Um, got married. I still didn't tell him how much I was spending. I mean, you know, so many lessons and then the things I did right, you know, it's, it's both the things that the universe helped and showed up when I needed the, the hard times, you know, that I had to open up to tell my husband what I was doing and then the loving support that he ended up showing and realizing it all went back to my mom and thanking her now she's 87 I thank her all the time you know she's so proud of her daughter as mothers are and I always always thank her and say I would have never done this if I didn't see that movie of you sitting at my bed when I saw that those kids sleeping and it's just the tender moments and the honest, honest advice, you know, and at the end of every chapter is, is a, uh, an area I call heart of the matter lessons. Mm -hmm. And it's lessons on leadership, leading your own life and leading others, because I had to grow a team, you know, hire people and, and, and work with them and find out what made them tick. And it's so funny because my bosses were bosses, you know, it was like, the old army, you, you did something because I said so, you know, even, even that's how parents used to rule, you know, I said so, I'm the parent. And I wasn't that leader because I think leading with purpose, and maybe you can get this, it's bigger than being the boss. Mm. It's finding a way to make more of an impact because other people want to be there and paying them is not enough. You could pay anybody but you can't pay for their enthusiasm and their buy-in and their, their alignment of purpose. And I teach that now and I coach that now and I do workshops for businesses because you cannot put a price tag on what that contribution, how it can multiply when that person is not only getting enough, enough to supply their needs, but feeling that they want to go to work. You said you love getting up because of the ukulele project. I'm praying every day, or I was praying every day that everybody on staff was excited because the kids were coming today. We had a new program we were going to do. We were going to go through some letters and pick out the fun ones to put in a new video. We were going to, you know, we were going to make some calls and introduce ourselves to new people. So it's, it's that um, camaraderie, rallying for each other that's, um, that you can't put a, a price tag on and you can't imagine how valuable that is. And it just, just, it doesn't just change the people that you're helping. I'm sure that the staff or the volunteers, the people that you're working with, it's changed their lives and how they see the world. And I, it, it's just, nobody loses. And mm -hmm. you will see that and you will see that. And I, and I am, I would bet everything I had that you will hear so many stories from people who've contributed, not the ones in need, you'll hear those but the people who will want to join and you will hear why, and you will be amazed at the reasons why they're drawn to what you're doing. It's, it's they're all personal reasons and you will hear so many and you will be shocked and elated and touched. And it, I mean, start taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the person who's listening to this right now, I hope that you've been inspired by just realizing that nothing is too small. 
um, nothing is too small, you know, no idea is too small to just to just start, right? For those of mm -hmm. us who, who want to um, start projects, do you think you have to have a nonprofit or do you think you can have it for profit? No, it has nothing to do with if it's nonprofit or not. It has to do with what your, your purpose is. You can be great at numbers and want to help people, um, you know, make a future for themselves and, and, and teach them the best way to make their money work for them so that they can be free and comfortable, you know, down the line. It can be absolutely anything that you, that gives you joy and, and it's always going to connect you to someone or group. It's never going to be that your purpose is to sit alone and play the piano all by yourself all day, every day. It's going to be to play the piano for people. It's going to be to help people see that they can be a teacher. It's going to be to help students see what they can become if you want to be a teacher. It could be an accountant, like you said. It could be any anything. Um, I, I coach both. It does not have to be a nonprofit, but you are always giving. Mm. The reason I'm asking you is... You know, uh, many people have asked me, why don't you start a nonprofit? And I don't have a nonprofit. And I think it's just, I'm not there yet because I'm not, um, I don't, I'm not informed enough. I feel I still have a lot to learn in order to get through the red tape and, and do all of that. So, but I'm hoping right for now that I can still create the same impact. And I think that I can, I just wanted to ask you that question because sometimes people think unless you're a nonprofit, um, people won't help, you know, and people won't necessarily give. I know that there's pros to, to being a nonprofit and that may be something I do in the future, but for right now, I'm, I'm not operating that way. And I was just wondering what your take was because I'm here to learn from you, you know. Well, you know, I didn't start a nonprofit for a couple of years when I was figuring out what I was doing. And, you know, at the, at the beginning, I just thought I could go to shelters with bags of pajamas that I bought and read to the kids and give them the books and the pajamas. And I, and I did that for a while. But what happened was a small article came out. A woman called me and said she was a reporter for a, a national magazine when, when a lot of paper magazines were still in existence. And she said, can I write a little article? And, and she did. She wrote a very small article tens of thousands of people sent pajamas and books and cash to my apartment because you could look up people where they lived. It wasn't, you know, as hard as it is now to find people. Amazing. And boxes and boxes and boxes. And I was newly married and my husband and I were sorting through it. We couldn't, I, first of all, I didn't know what happened. Then I realized that the, the people who subscribe to the magazine get it before it goes on the newsstand. So while I thought a newsstand wasn't coming out for a few days, people had time who got it at home to, to act and they did. And the letters, and then I got a corporate, a letter from a company. One of them said, if you will send us your 501c3, we'd like to you know, give you a grant. And I looked at my husband and I said, what is this thing? 501c in parentheses and 03. And, and I realized that it was a responsibility and that this had legs because people wanted to help. So at that point, I knew it couldn't just be me doing it and make an impact the way I could because these people wanted to help. And I, and I owed it to, to them to be responsible enough to figure out how to invite them to help and invite more people to help and serve them. And, and you know, people, if people want to make a deduction or if you can do more with their money, 
you know, it's, it's a personal goal. If that hadn't happened, would I have gotten a 501c3? Who knows? But the universe works in, in strange ways and people connect in strange ways. And I, that was a way that I connected with, you know, tens of thousands of people and it was the right thing to do. So you, you never know. I didn't know what a 501c3 was and it was not something I thought I was going to be doing at that point. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, for sharing that information with us. Uh, you know, on, on the podcast, we talk about um, people starting projects and about giving to yourself so that you can give to others and all of the things that go around that, but we haven't talked specifics yet. So I appreciate um, you giving me that advice and that insight. Yeah. Sure. Anybody, any of your listeners can find me on my website and ask, you know, for some time and we can just chat or I can just listen. I'm a good listener. <laughs> Absolutely. So I usually, sometimes I ask um, some of my guests this question and I'm interested in your answer. So I'm going to ask you, um, over the course of your life, what would you say is one of the most important gifts that you've given to yourself that has changed not just your life, but the way that you feel about who you are? Um, I have become much more um, aware of how much I have to be grateful for. Mm. My mom taught us to say our prayers at bedtime and we said grace at dinner. It wasn't until later, you know, not so long ago, when people started to talk about being grateful and think every morning and and all day long, especially if I've not had a good day, I start to remember all the things and I say it, and I say it out loud, what I'm grateful for. You know, I'm grateful for my mom being 87 and being able to talk to her every day and see her, you know, every week and do things with her and, and tell her over and over how much she's impacted me and that she's the reason I, I have pajama program and be grateful for my husband for not saying to me, okay, that was it. That was the last straw. I'm out of here when, you know, I, I just kept doing selfish things because I had to get to more kids there and I had to do this. I had to buy this. I had to do whatever. I'm grateful for him. You know, I'm grateful for our supporters. I'm grateful if I've touched anyone. And I try to be specific. If there's somebody called to say thank you for this or for that, I try to say their name. And it it's just something that I'm ashamed I didn't know growing up how important it was to say out loud every day what you're grateful for. But I have learned so I'm uh, giving you know, myself a uh, uh, you know, pass on the guilt thing, but I think I'm more aware of what life's about. And it's really about being grateful, appreciating what you're doing, acknowledging to people, give them a call, thank them. You can never thank them enough in a note, in a card, in a text, in a call. And I think being aware of the impact you have, but also who's had an impact on you to return that love mm-hmm. is something that is, is so big for me now. So it's such a part of my everyday life and it helps. It helps get through when things are not going well, because we all have those days, right? Mm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think gratitude is, is very important. And it's, it's something that I'm new to as well as just a few years ago that I realized um, how, what it can do for me being grateful. So I think it's something that we, um, yeah, I didn't have growing up either, you know, but it's, I'm so, 
I'm so welcoming of it now in my life. So I appreciate that. That's a beautiful gift to be able to give yourself permission to just be grateful, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and forgive yourself. If like I said, and you said, you know, we didn't know it from day one, how important it is to share that. Um, just, you know, forgiveness is, starts with forgiving yourself. Mm. Genevieve, how do you, how do you navigate those days where, or if you may not even have these days, I have these days, I'm assuming that you have these days, but if you don't, that's okay. But how do you navigate if you have, when you have the days that you just feel a little guilty that you can't help more people? Do you ever have those days or those moments? Yes. And I definitely had them um, for many years, early on 10 years. Um, because it's pajamas, you know, and, and I was always thinking, and they're really helping people. And there were some people that said it's only pajamas, you know. And I, I, I'm glad that I, I counted to ten before I said anything or before I started to cry. I just consoled myself with, um, it's helping, it's helping. And I quickly think of somebody who appreciated the pajamas. So I definitely did think that. Um, yes, we always want to help more. Now I want to help adults who are looking for their purpose because I've learned so much the hard way. You know, I mean, I, I didn't have someone to teach me, but I quickly asked for help. Mm-hmm. So I do want to reach more people. You know, you can only help those who, who will accept the help, who want the help. So as anxious as I am to, you know, stand at the highest peak and say just ask me just call me I'll tell you I'll tell you what I did I'll tell you what I did that was wrong I'll show you you know I'll give you support I'll tell you to believe um you know I I always think when I hear somebody have a dream and I can tell they put it on the back burner I'm always like no wait let's sit down let's have a cup of coffee don't do that um because you can only do what you can do I think it's a fine line between feeling good and feeling guilty. Like, I don't know if you just have that in the early days or not, but for example, you know, if somebody hears you're doing one thing and then other people start approaching you with different things and you just, you you don't have enough to to go around. And sometimes I know for me, I I feel guilty because people approach me. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And I think at the end of the day, it can be easy to get overwhelmed well, I think the trick is, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I think the trick is to help every time you can, but then watch. Because if they take what you've said to heart and they act and they move forward, then helping them is fun and easy. Mm. The danger is if the person wants you to do it for them or doesn't, I think it's, it's, it's fun and easy to help when people are taking what you're saying to heart and, and move forward and come back to you. Okay, I did this. I did this. This is the progress I made. Can you help me with what's next? That's easy and fun and, and really, uh, for me, the best way to help somebody move forward. Because some people are not ready. So you spend time and you try to help them, but then they don't. And then they keep wanting the same type of you know, support. And that, that gets hard. So I think you learn. Um, who is is the person who is more um or motivated right to move forward and you you choose you know how to spend your time yeah 
people um, who are looking to make change, not just for a handout, right? Yeah. Yeah, like in just a blunt way of putting it, but um, how, so the show is called Giving Starts With You. And on the show, we quite often talk about how we can't give when we don't feel for ourselves. And do you ever, do you ever feel burnout? Do you ever feel where there's times that, um, because you're, you, you've become so big now and you have 63 chapters and um, I know you've got an army of people working with you, but do you ever feel the sense of you need to kind of take a step back when you're feeling overwhelmed to take care of yourself before you can continue? So I think that's really important that we, that we do fill our cup so that we can help others. Well, what I did after 20 years was I, well, I realized over the last few of those 20 years that my work was more sitting at a desk doing paperwork, mm. corporate contracts and you know those kinds of meetings, of course, the audit every year and, and all of that. And I was doing less and less of what I loved, you know, being with people and, and sharing the story. And I knew over those 20 years, how many adults had asked for some support, some guidance, because they saw what we were doing together. And they said, you know, I have my purpose. I think I know what I want to do. Can we talk about, you know, how, can I ask you for advice and do my thing? So I felt, and I wanted to write the book because I wanted it to, to inspire other people to do it and to be aware of the good and the bad that, you know, I did. And so I left the executive directorship because I couldn't do it all. And I did, I'm not a person who's good at paperwork. I'm just not. <laughs> so we hired an executive director who was our board president at one time. And she's an attorney. She's really good at that. So I always tell her she, she took my baby to college, you know, 20 years in. So that I could do what I love because then the burnout rate is much less mm. when you're doing what you love. And so I took that time to write my book and to work with adults to take care of um, it, that part two of my purpose. So is there burnout now? Yeah, I, I guess sometimes. Um, I'm not good at recognizing when I need a massage. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gift certificate. My husband gave me in my wallet um, from Christmas. So, um, you know, I have to be nudged, but that's because I love what I'm doing. Mm. And I mean, the feeling you get back during the giving, that self-love too, you know, just, just being yeah. kind to yourself and continuing what you're doing. And yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I just, oh, you know, speaking with you today has really lit a fire under everything that I want to do too. And I see that it's possible, you know, and it's okay to delegate things that you don't really like to do to people who are better at doing them so that you can, um, you know, when you're a one person show, it's just the outreach is so different. It's, it, it can become limited and it's so important to, um, to get the right people in your, you know, in your circle and fight for the same thing. So, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's hard to let go of your baby um, <laughs> or any part of your baby. I get that 100% amazing uh, so where can we find you i mean i'm sure lots of people who are listening are going to want to support you find out more about how they can help you learn from you where can we find you um well my website's genevievepituro.com and my email's there 
and you can contact me um, or if you want to know the email directly, it's Jen, G-E-N, at GenevievePetoro.com. And um, reach out and tell me you listen to this podcast and, you know, when can we chat? I would love to. Yeah, you seem like an amazing person to work with. Um, okay, I've got to ask you before we end this conversation. Um, you got to meet Oprah. Yes. Yes. I have to ask how that how that took place. <laughs> oh, I have so many stories. We need, need to do another podcast. Um, it was it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing to get the call. Um, you know, I, I can I'll never forget the producer's words. Hi, I'm so and so, a producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show. Do you have a minute? And I was like to myself, Do I have a minute? I have a week. I can stay awake and talk to you if you want. And it was two weeks of excited and nerve-wracking conversations because I, of course, I wanted there to be the next time and the next time until I got on the show, but, you know, you never know. They're sort of interviewing you and checking you out and everything, so I would hold my breath and try to sound sane, even though my brain was, like, you know, yelling, oh, my God, oh, my God, okay, and the other half of me is, like, stay calm. Don't let them see that you're a lunatic in your mind. Answer the questions, you know, and it worked out, you know, and I didn't tell anybody for those two weeks until she called and she said, we're booking you. And I asked her, I said, can I tell my husband? And she laughed. She said, you didn't tell him? I said, no. And I didn't <laughs> tell him because who wants to say you were interviewed and you didn't get on? I, I wasn't going there. <laughs> so what happened um, during the show? Like what took place? You didn't see it? I haven't seen it. Okay, I'm not going to tell you or, or anybody listening. You've got to watch it. You can see it in my, in my <laughs> signature. Okay. You can see it on YouTube. Excellent. And then you have to tell me when you see it, when you saw it, tell me that you saw it. Okay. Amazing. Oh, I don't know why we froze again, but can you tell me where to find it again? Yes. You can either, um, if you have my email, it's in my signature, Nelia, you can yes. see it there or on the website, GenevievePetero.com or just Google on YouTube, my name on Oprah mm. and you will see it. And, um, you know, please let me know what you think. It's, it's quite a show with a, a quite a surprise. <laughs> That's amazing. And um, yeah, you, should, you know, for those who are listening, also, I recommend listening to her TED, TEDx talk. What is the title of the TEDx talk? Oh, it's... Um, uh, I was trying to remember. <laughs> yes, I know. Seven million pajamas, um, one idea, 20 oh, years equals yes. 7 million One idea and the human connection equals 7 million pajamas and books, I yes. think. Yes came out with my book in the pandemic. So you have to excuse that it's me and the cameraman and my husband cheering me on in the corner, which was very strange. You know, you prepare for an audience and the feedback and it was, um, but they said the show must go on. So we had it, all the people doing TED Talks that time at that year had to do them like that remote, but I tried to get through it. Genevieve, thank you so much, not just for coming and giving us you know, giving me advice and insight to how things work behind the scenes and, you know, and just explaining how the ripple effect works, but to just, you know, helping all of these, you know, you've dedicated the last 20 years or more than 20 years to helping others and, and helping people and especially children. And now you're helping adults make their projects come to reality. So thank you so much for, for dedicating all of that time, honestly. Um, you know, if you've given out over 7 million pajamas, you've probably 10x that in impact. Um, 
I hope so. I say my prayers every night. I hope so. So thank you. And um, I appreciate you coming and taking the time out of your out of your day to come and speak with us today. Well, thank you for asking and please keep me updated on your ukulele project. It's great and you, you've got to just get that name out. It's, it's a feel good name and you are on target and it's beautiful what you're doing. Thank you so much, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.